Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 452. We're getting ready for a party. Are we? An X-Men party. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can't wait. That's my contribution to the podcast this week. Oh, and my contribution to comic books is all the money that I'm going to be spending on all those yeah. books. But I was going to spend them anyway, so I'm now glad yeah. that you're going to... Suffer in the poorhouse with me just yeah, to read X-Men. I will. We should share. We should do a comic share. Oh, yeah. Do like uh, I used to do with my brother. Yeah. That's a good idea. Actually, we really should. Why haven't we, we not I don't thought know, of that? I don't know why we haven't thought that until exact this exact moment. It's really dumb. We're yes. really dumb. <laughs> <laughs> but got into some gaming comics, which was a surprise to me. And But gaming in, a, in a various ways. You weren't yeah. just like, these are all based on PS4 games. No, I didn't even know they were until right. I read them. <laughs> but they were good books. Then we did a, a little bit of news and a little bit of recaps of some of the shows. and uh, Yeah, just a lot of bullshit as normal. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, grab a drink. Maybe the one we talk about in this podcast if you're feeling brave. <laughs> so good. <laughs> and enjoy Drunk on Comics podcast episode 452. Light on the clocks. <laughs> Say clocks. Light. We are a family show. Light on the clocks. So I lost at the Derby. Oh, did you didn't you even watch... say anything about my tie. I didn't see it. I your didn't see your tie? ridiculous bolo tie that you're wearing over a fucking t-shirt. Oh, oh. Well, I wore it only for you. <laughs> trying to be looking professional for you. A bolo tie? <laughs> a leather bolo tie? Where did you get the bolo tie? On Amazon. I bought it mainly for... I knew my friends were having a derby party. Do they wear bolo ties to the derby? Cowboys do, don't they? I don't think the derby's a cowboy situation. They're horses, so they oh, they deals with you cowboys. Would, you would have gotten kicked right out of that derby. I had my cowboy hat and everything. <laughs> I have my a derby hat. hat. I have a derby hat. Big, big, big derby hat. I do. Tip, I do want to go someday. It's expensive to even get like in the part of the Kentucky Derby where you're just off in the green watching it on screens um, well, maybe i don't care that much yeah it's because i i have a friend who lives in cincinnati which you know is right on the border of kentucky she actually used to live in covington which is across the river from cincinnati kentucky and we always talked about going to the derby and then we started looking at prices and both of us were like neither of us really like horse racing we just kind of <laughs> want to go for the experience but also like if we can't have the experience, then why go? Mm-hmm. That's when we were both poor. I might be able to pull it off now. <laughs> <laughs> now that I'm bougie. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I just I like gambling, and I still don't understand some of the gambling things of you bet on the first, second, and third, and and how those all work with like I can do a straight bet, like oh this is sixteen to one odds, I understand that, but right. like how they do like big hundreds of thousands with picking the top three or whatever we just did a draw from a hat like give us something to root for i got the one with the highest odds 
That horse didn't win. No? Nope. No. It was it was a good fun two minutes though. <laughs> it does it's very fast, isn't it? Yeah. It, it, like honestly though too, like we had fun. We were playing some yard games and just grilling out. My buddy brought the TV outside so that we're all safe outside. Did you have Sazeracs? What? Or mint juleps? Yes, mint juleps. Yeah. Never heard of Sazeracs. Is it the same thing? No, a Sazerac is something completely different. Oh. There used to be a bar in Grand Rapids called Sazerac's. Yeah. It's That's why named I thought you were... It's named after a drink. Oh, I thought, <laughs> thought you were naming something after the bar. Like, the yeah. bar's been closed. I think I initially meant to say mint juleps. Um, Sazerac's are also delicious. I don't know if they drink them at the Derby or not, though. <laughs> oh, um... Yeah, I guess well, no, no Marvel shows to talk about. Nope. Nope. You could we, talk about my new obsession, The Nevers. I mean, it is a really good show. You're you're like X Men. A week behind me. We have so. Evil Professor X. Yeah, she is. She is. She's like um, who is Professor X's evil sister that you found out later was oh, her sister? Uh, is it something Nova? Yeah, uh, Cassandra. Sandra Nova. Yeah. yeah. Um. Except she's not in the wheelchair. Yeah. In the That's just because he's she's in the wheelchair. Yeah. We, uh, me and my roommate, when we were watching Doom Patrol the whole time, we just kept cu- talking about the is it not the professor, the main the guy. Yeah, chief. He, chief. Yeah, he's in the wheelchair, so we just kept calling Professor X. And... Yeah, there, you know, there's a lot of there was a lot of stuff going. If you, I mean, you can find millions and millions of articles of did the X Men rip off the Doom Patrol? Did the Doom Patrol rip off? The X-Men, because they kind of started around the same time. And they, they're they both teams of, like, misfit people with powers led by a man in a wheelchair. <laughs> Except the man in the wheelchair. And um, I guess he does have, well, he, does ha- he doesn't have powers. No. But he does. He, I mean, he was He's doing stuff. He's the leader. Stuff. He was doing stuff so that he wouldn't age. Yeah. Um. Speaking of wheelchairs, so it's going to get into your book review, so we might as well get into that. It's something that I was reminded of, which is now we have a person in a wheelchair in the Marvel or the X-Men universe, Sebastian Shaw. Oh, I saw that. So so my review this week is less of a review and more of like, see, I did look at something. <laughs> yeah, you looked at something. I read the interview. How, that... how are you going to review this? Um, well, Pretty first of dresses? all... Oh, I can I can do a whole like e red carpet sort of commentary and pretend I'm um uh what was her name the Joan Joan Rivers Joan Rivers yeah um but no I I do because here's the thing I'm on the fence about whether I want to commit to this event why not uh, because I don't know if I want to read an event right now. Like, I barely have time in my uh, life yeah. to, like, get through the comics I already <laughs> am on board mm-hmm. with, let alone, like, a 12, another, another 12-issue event from the X-Men when we just kind of got done with one not that long ago. And I will have to admit, I am intrigued by the idea of, like, a fancy party X-Men style. What's well, what, like, so the Hellfire Gala, um... The official guide is 
what Lynn's is going to talk about, <laughs> even though it's just some pictures, mainly. Yeah, it is just some pictures. But again, it kind of like, so the they do an interview with, with Emma at the beginning. Um, and they actually do, so C.V. Sibolsky, um does a little title page where he talks about the event and stuff like that, which was actually pretty helpful because it kind of run, runs down what's going to be happening in the event in very broad terms. So I appreciated that because I wasn't really sure exactly why they were doing this other mm -hmm. than to like, I think they're introducing a new X-Men team. Like, who the fuck cares? Just <laughs> You're just going to smush some more X-Men together and then give it a new team name. See, like, I, I, <laughs> the reason why I was officially, or is going to start is I thought this was going to be one of those... Um, guides that have like the power levels and everything because mm. that's what I've read all those and that's what's got me knowledge so I'm like let's see what some new things that I might learn about the X-Men now that I haven't from reading all these books. Nope it's just a look book. I mean <laughs> that's a good good way to describe <laughs> it but I mean I'm not gonna lie the designs were pretty sweet. Emma's is probably the most way out there with that hat. Yeah she well and she's got three different outfits. And I'm sure she'll be wearing all of them. Well, yeah, two of the hats. Yeah. I mean, but, damn, that third one. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> all of them she's very chesty in. Oh, yeah, actually, I didn't even realize the giant X in that. Yeah. That's just... Even the big furry white <laughs> coat that she has. So Yeah, so how are you going to do a good review describing pictures to our audience? Well, I mean... So, to be fair, this was free, so anyone can go, yeah. can go pick it up and look at it. And it's just, it's interesting to look at, like, okay, so I some takeaways personally. Like, why does Jean keep getting shit outfits? Like, her outfit is terrible and super reminiscent of, like, her, like, 90s animated series costume, except the colors are green now instead of blue and orange. I know, it's better than Cyclops's, though. And Rachel Summers, Rachel's. like, I get that they're going after the whole, like, she was in the fucking, what do you call that? She was in the, under the control of that guy. Um, she was part of the... It's not the, it's not the uh, Marauders, it's, uh, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, they're, they're going, like, they're going in that direction, make her look Ahab, real. Ahab uh, was the guy. Yeah, because she's got one of those little hellhound thingies, too. Um, she looks ridiculous. Well, and I do have to say, though, too, I do have to step back a minute and realize fashion shows are really weird like this. They are. So, and this, this the spikies, be... all this, like, this is not really costume that they're going to go superheroing no. in. This is crazy no. catwalk. It is. And it's like, so, <clears throat> to me, this is like the Met Gala for the X-Men, right? And mm. the Met Gala, they always had a theme every year, and people tried really hard to be super creative and over the top with their costumes. But then you have, again, costumes like jeans <laughs> and, and Cyclopses and, like, Madroxes <laughs> that are just really super lame looking. <laughs> and I guess the one thing I did get from this book is I don't know who a lot of these people are. Like, I know who some of them are, but... It, have they introduced new characters? Are these just... Oh, no. Uh, most of these people are... Smaller characters that I am not really aware of. Like, I don't know who Sink is. Yeah, he's been a character around. Who's Kyle? And why is that his X-Men name? His name is Kyle. He doesn't have a... 
He doesn't have like a X Men name. Oh, Kyle. Um, I think he's with the. Hmm. See, this is why this so is yeah, helpful. Yeah, if, now... he, if he had his normal costume, I think I know who that is. But I, yeah. I'm Google real quick. Kyle <laughs> from the X Men. I think he's with uh, X Factor right now. Helping find out uh, who's going with or where people, mutants are dead so that they can be resurrected. I am a big fan of iBoy's costume, though. He's full on, like, just letting all his eyes hang out, and I kind of love it. <laughs> um, along with prodigies. Is he letting his one eyed snake out? <laughs> oh, God. That would be a move in a whole different direction for the X Men. <laughs> Colossus looks badass. He's got his own page. He does. Yeah, there were a couple of them that had their own pages. It was very much like you're reading like a lookbook for for a fashion show or something like that. And um, no, I mean you're right. There's no substance to this whatsoever. But to be honest, one of the things I was really excited about with this whole thing was the designs for these costumes. So now I'm like, do I have to read this? <laughs> I, I mean, I've seen all the costumes. Loving now. classes, loving Mister Sinisters. Like what up? What up with Banshee? Yeah, like, this is just of, a suit with a miss with, with a Mister Sinister looking cape and a tie. That well, that's his like open shirt. It looks just <laughs> like his little wing things that he's had. Yeah. Yeah. So there's definitely some in here that are like in Havoc is ex inspiring. Havocs. Yep. Is inspiring? Did well, you just I'm, say inspiring? I don't know, I'm trying to think of some <laughs> lingo for the. It time. does the things around his shoulders do look a lot like the little helmet mm -hmm. thing that he used to wear for some reason. Whatever that stupid ass thing was, <laughs> Mister Sinisters looks like he'd just rock that on a normal day. You know what I mean? Mm. <laughs> so, um. But really, this actually did make me want because now I'm like, well. And it was mostly the interview with Emma at the beginning that kind of made me interested in what exactly this is going to be about. Because they're inviting... Krakoa's opening up to a ton of people, not just mutants. You know that's not going to go <laughs> yeah. as anyone planned. Um, they're trying to onboard new nations with their medicine exporting and stuff like that. And they're introducing a new team and... There's just going to be all kinds of craziness going on. But I'm still mad. I just don't understand why this has to be like... Why do? Why is it got to be 12 issues, first of all? And second of all, why is it got to be 12 issues in a month? It's Cause literally... Because it's, it's got to go through, like... Well, it's because there's six different titles uh, that have two each that come out. It's crazy. Just give me, like, I don't know, give me an event book. Remember when they used to do that? Remember when they just used to put the event in its own book and you mm -hmm. had, sometimes you had little tie-ins that weren't necessary, so. but you just, you, you read the event and if you wanted to read the extra stuff you could, but you didn't need to, it was helpful, <laughs> but not necessary. But then you had the little event book that you could just power your way through. And that, if there were 12 of those, I would totally like, I don't know, to me it seems different for some reason, but I hate the way they do events now. But now I feel like I have to read this one. Mainly because all of their costumes are super cool. And I kind of want to see people fight in um, <laughs> fancy dresses. <laughs> Professor X's costume is intense. 
It's very like I don't even know. I really want him to take off the damn helmet. I it's, know. It's a little. Uh, I D- get it. Does he need to keep it on? I can't remember. He's always doing it so he can always back up to That's Cerebro. Right. That's right. And so I get it. But I do wish they would just sometimes, like, you're on Krakoa, like, take it off once in a yeah, while. Yeah, but then what if somebody dies and he hasn't been able to back up, like, the most recent... And then make that a plot point. But you could not... You, you As a writer, you could say, no one died in this ten minutes that we had Professor X talking to yeah. Magneto without the helmet. Also, like, could they minimize it so it was like a... Just like a little side attachment on his head <laughs> instead of a whole helmet. I feel like they could get... They're the X-Men. They have people who, like, talk to technology as part of their powers. They couldn't figure out how to fucking make that a smaller thing. <laughs> but now he just looks like a DJ. <laughs> <laughs> the, the kind that you don't know what their real name is because they're always wearing a mask. He's DJ <laughs> Professor X. 100%. Um, so anyway... You know, there's not much more to get into other than than that on this. And I actually talked about it more than I thought yeah. I could or would. Um, yeah, no. It's a, again, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. Mercury, her costume's cool, but I don't really know who that is. Yeah, I don't really know who that is either. Dazzler's costume looks like some of these are super unexpected looking and awesome, and some of them are really expected looking. Still awesome. Like, Dazzler's looks like something she would have worn in her her original comic book appearance. Like, the biggest thing, like, Way of X, that's a new series that came out. Now it looks like there's X-Core, which is another one that... Yeah. I mean, I was reading all these anyways, or I I mean, this hasn't come out yet, but I will be reading all these, so I'm just glad that you're on board so that I'll have more people to chat with about it because x-men is where it's at well they're doing a planet so you know they usually have the giant size Mm x-men well they're doing a planet size x-men Ooh. number one i don't know what the hell that means (laughs) um but apparently it's different than a giant size x-men who so way of the x i wonder what that is that actually it's all in nightcrawler is it yeah Interesting. Is he like? Um, has he become like a, like a religious sort of leader? Well, he's always been religious, well, I know, but, but he like, also has uh, some doubts of some things, and it's, it's kind of him finding his his way. Which actually, the way of X is yeah, it's yeah. in the title there. Gotcha. I wasn't sure if it was like he was teaching people the way of X, like he's finally found some sort of like inner peace within himself, and is now able to. He's always had inner peace. Mm, no. He's really about that struggle. For real. Yeah, but, it, like, everyone's kind of, like, inner peace in this new mutant world. Yeah. That's true. It is a bit of a utopia. Um, Until it becomes a dystopia. Yeah. I'm just waiting for it. I the, know. Still, that shoe hasn't dropped yet. It's such a crazy... I mean, and this is kind of beyond what this book that we just talked about, but covering this this new x-men world it's such a crazy like long-term change to the x-men that's not something you can just go back from all of a sudden like this you know they've done things and what was the event that they did like right before this where they were was it they were in the future or was it 
Nathan, like before all of Krakoa and everything? Yeah, they did that event where there was like six different books and mutants were the only ones left in this world. Do you remember that one? Oh, uh, and it was Nathan. Yeah. Nathan uh, Summers was controlling it. Yep. And I really liked that, but it was something that they could just leave behind. Like they did at the very end of it. We're like, none of this actually ever happened. Yeah. Um, which is fine, but also frustrating. And, the, but this seems like, I mean, you can't, you can't, turn back from this. This is just the way things are now. So it, it would be really interesting to see if something does happen. Can they will they take it back to the way things were? I hope not because I'd be over it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think anything will ever live up to all this shit. So even as you're saying, you're looking forward to a fucking like yeah. people dressing up and that's what's hooked you. Yeah. But you also are hooked because you know how good these series have been. Well, yeah, they wouldn't if if this was just like out of nowhere, and it, and all of a sudden like the old Norm X Men were just like throwing a gala one day, I would be like, I don't fucking care. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but because it's this new world that they've created, it is really because you just don't know what's going to happen or what's going to yeah. become of this. So. We shall see. All right. Well, my books are connected in more ways than one than I even thought of when I first started to read them. So the first one is Helm Greycastle, which I, looking at the cover and everything, it looked kind of D&D-esque mm -hmm. and everything, and I was really getting into it thinking, all right, that's kind of what we're, it's going to be kind of that adventure type uh, story. And it starts off with the, but on the title page two, um, you know, it talks about this chapter one, and then there's another kind of title underneath the main one called Sacred Armor. So I'm like, what? Maybe that's the overall scope of what this is. But then it kind of goes into uh, game design, and I'm like, okay. So this book was created by uh, Henry Barajas and Brian Valenza, and Again, this then Sacred Armor game by Tristan J. Tarwater. I'm like, maybe this is a book that is based off of a game. That you've never heard of. Yes. Right. So we'll get into the book first, and then we'll get into why the game thing comes into play. Because this is by seeing the first person, the fearless Helm Grey Castle, the fearless leader, father, drinker, you know, then the next panel, you know. Shava, the Elven Bard, uh, Oscar Frostbeard, the Passionate Dwarf, and kind of just goes through these different characters, and they're they're in here fighting these skeletons. Now, the best line of dialogue I have ever read. I'm still cracking up at it. They're fighting fighting these skeletons to get this scroll to obviously help one of their um, compatriots when they get back. But one of the skeletons go. Why are you stealing from us? <laughs> well, friends are getting his other skeleton friends are getting their head bashed in, and I'm just like thinking, wait, are we the bad guys? Like, and that actually kind of is what hooked me even more of really wanting to read this. I was gonna read it anyways because it reminded me of a D and D adventure, but I'm just like thinking, wait, maybe this is something different, and I don't know this world yet. Um, they don't really get into more of why the skeletons acted like that, but. 
maybe they will, or it was just a weird bit of dialogue, but it, it made me laugh. So we, we learn why they got the scroll, and without giving it away, because again, I'm trying not to get too much uh, heavy into the whys, the ins and outs of the books, the setting then changes to what seems like an Aztec-type temple, and I'm really then taken off of who are these new you know, people. Now, I know from when reading the Forgotten Realms books and really D&D heavy, there is different campaign settings and different continents in the worlds that kind of D&D encompasses. And so there is an Azteca type uh, place. Well, it wasn't honestly until we get to the end of this book that I then found out why it talked about the game setting. Because this has, first part of it is the book. And this is a four-part series, which is also kind of nice sometimes with some of these fantasy books because I read so many of them that they can kind of mend into which one was fighting this dragon this mm -hmm. week and everything. You can only do so much. But this has a full-on 5e D&D setting in the back called Sacred Armor that these creators came up with in this setting of this comic book. In fact, even more so, because I wanted to make sure I was reading this correctly, I went and looked up what all this is about, and I found out that this was initially a Kickstarter. So these two creators who came up with this story uh, talked about how there wasn't a lot of Latin, you know, American-type, settings of D&D stuff. That's true. So they want to take the Mexi Mexicana, Aztec type uh, mythology. You know, yes. Yeah. And also have like this outside world of some of the known um, stereotypes of the elf and the bard mm -hmm. and, and the dwarf and all that and kind of have those worlds collide and so they they set up in the, end, the back just ways to play this campaign so it's like a, a one-shot that a person who's reading this could be the, the DM or GM, Game Master, and you could take the regular player's handbook to create your characters, and it gives you kind of the, the setting hmm. and what you could do, and it even has some creatures from this world that you could play. So I thought, this is even more cooler than just the story. Right. It is. It is interesting because... I haven't played D&D &D a lot, but it, I would have never thought, like, there's there's something missing. You know what I mean? But it totally mm -hmm. makes sense. There is literally, I mean, it's all just, it's very steeped in kind of old English mythology. Mm -hmm. And um, Aztec mythology is super crazy and interesting. So what a fun thing to like make into a and d, &D f compatible sort of role-playing game. Well, and I really like the, the designs for um, the Aztec-type warriors, the gods that they were. So like whatever their, um, their abilities are, I don't know because haven't gotten into that part yet because now we have the, the kind of main plot is... Uh, dragon princeling being kidnapped but also the main leader um, of the Aztecs which I forget what 
their their name is for their people being like who broke the treaty so there's a little bit of a mystery there too going on but i'm kind of enthralled with the story and i really like the art in this like it's very well done so there so nice. there's that plus the extra game at the back which reading it i'm like i wonder if i get you know i could probably easily get my friends be like let's do this one day and i'll yeah it's a short one yeah or one day i could just campaign. be like have a one shot and i wouldn't truly steal but at the same point be like yeah came up with this by myself <laughs> they'll be like wow how'd you get all all those animals and everything but <laughs> so yeah so definitely pick this up uh, especially if you're a D fan that goes into this other book that i decided to read called summoner's war legacy uh, both the other one was from Image. This one also from Image as well. And this one, again, the art in the the first one I really liked. This one was it's hard to explain. It's colorful, cartoony, just very vibrant. And I really really enjoyed the color for exactly what this book is about. Um, created by Justin Jordan, and. So I love Justin Jordan. He's written a lot of really dark stuff in the past. Mm -hmm. But he's also written for Thor, right? Didn't Justin Jordan write for Thor? I don't know if he did. I know he did, he did Luther Strode. Yeah, and he did he did a um like a X-Files-ish sort of thing that I was reading too. Anyway, carry on. And the, the artist, uh, Luca Claretti, she, uh, from everything that i found, is new to comic books. And, wow. Like I said, I'm just in love with the way that this looks. And the way that this looks really goes into this book, where the other one was a bit more serious. I mean, there's a couple jokes, and I laughed at the skeleton. This feels more, I don't want to say Pokemon-ish. But also, it is Summoner's War, so I'm automatically thinking there's going to be kind of some type of creatures, which it gets right into with the main character, um, Rhea, with her summoning this fire demon to help out, which then that causes more chaos and mischief. And the dialogue throughout this is very, I don't want to say witty, but it it's, it's quick. It's mm -hmm. those firing back a, a one-liner at someone saying something that like pissed her off and really where this this goes into these people fighting uh, with different creatures that they summon by the end they find an artifact and it's at this point though I'm like have I heard this before and then I found out oh this is based off of a game a, vi a mobile video game called Summoner's War so this is taking place before the video game even happened. This is setting up like kind of some history to the video game world. But you don't need to play the video game to understand this because, again, this is before the factions of the game, which then I read up on is pretty much a game between uh, you having one side and then the other and you killing the other summoner and you win and you summon creatures through it. I will be interested to actually try to play the game. I don't know um, how good I will be. So again, I always think whenever you have 
a human type person or in this world orcs or um what you know other creatures being able to summon anything i just always think pokemon it's the easiest thing to explain <laughs> digimon, to others pokemon, or digimon yeah bakugan <laughs> and and just i don't know like i said the dialogue was great the the art was great um where the story's going just seems interesting some of the side characters that they introduced um, for their little quirks and everything just seemed spot on to how, I don't know, I, th- I just think it's awesome. So Nice. That is that. Um, so Justin Jordan, my bad, he wrote for Green Lantern. Okay. Not for Thor. Um, and the book that I read that was the X-Files-Z one was Deep State, which was a very good book. Uh, he is also very accessible via Twitter. Like, if you tweet at him, he'll usually tweet me back. Oh, that's cool. So. have to tell him that his book's pretty damn good. Yeah, he, yeah I mean, I think that's what I did last time I tweeted at him. Told him how much I love Deep, deep State. <laughs> so. Awesome. With your nerdy nerdiness. Yeah. Like I said, both books I did not know had any game-related things. I just thought... Home Great Castle, I was honestly thinking Castle Grayskull. Yeah. That name just evoked that, and also, you know, it looked kind of like, it's going to be fantasy. Was Isn't there, so there's a D&D campaign already that's gray something, right? Gray, uh, isn't there? Yes, um. It's not Greyhawk, is it? That's a that's, whole separate Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. There is something gray. Yeah. I can't off the top of my head now think of it. You're going to make me now, <laughs> the rest of this podcast, be thinking, what is the gray? I just Googled it and Greyhawk was the only thing yeah. that came up. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever read uh, Heavy Metal? Um, No. I have watched Heavy Metal, the... I think just the first one. I believe they did two of two them. Two of them, yeah. Um, but no, I never really read any of the heavy okay. metal stuff. Well, they are doing a Humble Bundle, and we haven't talked about Humble Bundles in a while. I know, I forget about them. Yeah. And it's always a really good deal. I try to, every now and then, look up to see what it is, because they seem to have them all the time. But this one, in particular, is Heavy Metal, uh, Humble Bundle that the money is going towards the um, Hero Initiative. Oh, okay. So I thought this is something that you know needed to be mentioned. Uh, you'll get uh, over $300 worth of stories and heavy metal uh, magazine and and everything else that they have and their artwork. And If you're into, like, hardcore fantasy, it's that's definitely a really good deal because you're getting some like Franzetta style shit, you know, mm-hmm. TNA, but also like dragons and <laughs> flying horses and shit like that. Yep. <laughs> it is literally one of the best iterations of heavy metal music in like an art form that's not the music, <laughs> and it's so ridiculous looking, but it works so well. Oh, uh, something that I don't know if you saw uh, about Alan Moore. No, what about Alan Moore? So... Did he die? No. Oh. 
He's going to be publishing some books. Oh, like book books? Yes. Prose books? So he's got uh, two of them. One which is going to be a collection of short stories that he wants to put out, which I know that man's got plenty of ideas, and those will be interesting. But then he's going to have, and that's supposed to come out uh, in 2022. Do you know, is there a theme to be mentioned just the, the collection, the name, it's going to be titled Illuminations. Oh, okay. So he's getting real so, inward with things, it sounds the like. Original, yeah, stories of um, fiction. <laughs> and so, and then the second uh, thing that he's going to be doing is five-volume series oh, uh, called Long London. Okay. So that's supposed to go from the turn of the 19th century, well, yeah, 19th like nineteen early nineteen hundreds to that's twentieth century. That's why I was yeah. like thinking like that's not the nineteenth century. <laughs> I hate the way that that I know. naming convention works because we started at zero. Yes, which is technically the first century. <laughs> but this is going to go beyond that. Yes. Okay. And into you so know, it starts in the past and goes to the future. Yes. Huh. It's going to have magic and murder and madness. Is so for a guy described. who doesn't like working with. Who, for a guy who doesn't like his stuff being turned into movies, he certainly sounds like he's writing something specifically for like a HBO show. Yeah, that's exactly what I was kind of thinking. I was like, this is something I could probably like without even reading it. Be like, I would love to watch this. People are already. Somebody has already been like, do we contact Alan Moore and ask if he wants to option this? He's gonna say no, yeah. right? <laughs> I mean, do we ask just in case? I don't know. <laughs> did, did he not read the invisible ink on the last page that said we're going to make this into something? You can bitch about it later because you will. But uh, but it was it, it was interesting to, to see that because, like I said, with I don't know if there's people that hate Alan Moore. I don't think there really is. It's just he's so controversial himself. And I don't even know that he is his controversial it's just that he's very, like, his vision is his vision, and he hates it when somebody fucks with it, which I get, and he's also just weird. He's, like, a weird yeah. guy. He's ec- he's eclectic. Yes, but he's got stories. He does. He's got a lot going on. I tell you, there was one Easter I spent in a bar watching some fucking Alan Moore manifesto is what it, it was literally just him in front of a camera talking and i was like he's got somebody tied up somewhere <laughs> <laughs> yeah. why else would why else why else would he be doing mm-hmm. this <laughs> so uh one last i do want to say something about the uh, falcon and winter soldier so when that ending uh title shot happened saying Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. There's a lot of people that have kind of been like, why, you know, Bucky's no longer the Winter Soldier, though. Why isn't he known by the White Wolf or anything? And partly I always just thought it was had to do with more of the non-comic book people just know him as the Winter Soldier. They also see that there's a physical transformation with having the shield, so Sam is Captain America now. Right. And what that name means, but... Well, and Bucky's still atoning for being the Winter Soldier. He still is the Winter Soldier. Yes. But they've come about now. The The showrunner said that partly it had to do with just the the poetry sounding of the title. So really to have it then say 
Captain America and the White Wolf. Just they just wanted to resonate it, just saying. Why is he the? And also, it's kind of more to you know put the emphasis on the Captain America part, you know. And I'm like, okay, I get that. Like you know, they don't. I didn't care if he still goes by the Winter Soldier. Fuck, I still kind of call him the Winter Soldier. Anybody ask him what he wants to go by? (laughs) I can't imagine it's the White Wolf. I mean, that's what they called him in um, Wakanda because he was the white dude there. Mm -hmm. Like, so he was the White Wolf. I can't imagine he wants that to be his, like, call name. Yeah. Nor do I think he probably wants to be the Winter Soldier because he's got a lot of baggage behind Mm -hmm. that name. Knowing, though, the naming conventions of of Marvel, he'll be, like, uh, Iron Arm or something. Yeah, that's true. You know, one thing we never covered... Because we didn't talk about the last episode of no. this show. And we talked about it off mic um, before we did last week's episode. Uh, but we never talked about... Because one of the things that was up in the air and that you had asked me in previous weeks was, who do I think the power broker is? Did you think that it would end up being... What's her name? Sharon? Is that her name? Yeah. Did you think that it would end up being her? I mean, when she called, what's no, his name? No, because I was thinking that it wasn't. But then I was thinking she was Mephisto, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> when she called, what is Bat Batroc? Mm-hmm. I, and and asked him. I knew exactly who she was talking to when she called him, um, and she asked him to do something, and then he showed up doing bad things. I was like, mm, she's got something going on. So I thought that was interesting. But then it's, I also looked up, so after we had that episode where we were trying to surmise who the Power Broker was, uh, there was actually a character in Marvel Comics called the Power Broker. Like, he was a legitimate character. And I was like, we're idiots. It's just going to be this random, like, B-level character that nobody really thinks about who's called the Power Broker. So I thank God they didn't go in that direction. (laughs) But you know, and even though she has motivation, you know what I've also thought that they could really do that would be really awesome, but they probably don't have it planned, so they won't. What if she's really a scroll? Oh. Well, they are doing Secret Invasion. So you could already have her still be the good person yeah. that some people want her to be, right. while also being this bad person that everyone's like, oh shit. I'm also super on board with like a villainous not villainous but like yeah like what she's shady doing. ladies you know because yeah. you don't get a lot of those they all it's always men women are shady as fuck too <laughs> <laughs> i appreciate it so uh some other news that came out about wandavision there was a doctor strange cameo and oh yeah yeah where well, they cut it, so that's uh, why. I, I mean, let me finish my sentence. Well, so you, you gave me a very dramatic pause. I thought you were having me. No, it's interesting though. The the reason and how they had this all set up. The reason why they cut it is because they felt like it might take a little bit more away from Wanda's grief and journey, like kind of thrown in there. Which I can kind of see. Yeah, you didn't need to throw him in there. It was amazing for what it was. But the key points where they were going to have him in there is those commercials was him trying to reach her. Oh. And so you finally get the reveal at the end that he was the one making those commercials happen to try to remind her of who she is and 
what's reality. And I'm like, damn, now that makes a lot more sense of why those random commercials happened. I just assumed it was Wanda's psyche trying to break through. And and you know what? That's also a cool, awesome yeah. explanation, too, because that's kind of what I have to say now. To me, it made more sense because it was... If you have Doctor... Like, I get it. It would have made sense of Doctor Strange. But also then, like, it would have just been another man coming to save another woman who got herself in over her head. And I'm kind I mean, of isn't tired. Isn't that life? <laughs> I think in our real, personal relationship, we know that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of Doctor Strange, they have cast Hermione Granger in the multiverse of madness Ooh. movie she's playing clea okay not so hyper aware of who this character is that's though. the ex-lover uh, oh dr strange mm-hmm. mm-hmm. interesting so there's the internet seems to be a buzz about her cast emma emma watson is her name she's not really hermione granger um, <laughs> So I don't know, I don't know if this means, like, because it's a multiverse, though, is she going to be somebody from, like, an alternate version of Doctor Strange? See, that's what I, I still don't, I keep thinking it's, there's going to be a scene in this movie where they're jumping through a portal, and it's going to be like the Spider-Verse a bit, like, you jump through the portal and then you're like in this like uh, cartoon universe. Then you jump through it and mm-hmm. then it's like a manga universe and like it's gonna be a fight scene like that. But I don't know how much of the universe it's going to be. But then again, too, she's from the dark dimension, which we've already seen, right? He went to the dark yeah. dimension to fight Dormammu. So that's where I'm thinking like our universes aren't gonna be uh, like front and center of this movie it's going to be more of those type of hopping world hopping well less the world hopping and more dimensions like that yeah i'm down for that We've I mean, but then Earth but then we know though spider-man's gonna have it so right i don't know that's i'm just i'm looking forward to all of the stuff uh, yes the they now finally have the titles for um i mean we already knew the ant-man and wasp was going to be the uh, Quantumania. Yeah, Quantumania. But they've now officially titled Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Yes. Everyone knew that was kind of coming, but I like that it's now... Yeah. What what is going to be, we don't know. Just now, the titles can kind of tell us a little bit, because then Captain Marvel is going by the Marvels. Yes. And And it's got the S. S at the end. And I believe Ms. Marvel... The television show is going to come out before mm-hmm. this movie, so Kamala will already be a established character. So it'll be interesting on how it'll. It. It'd be interesting if they go with the main before Captain Marvel too. Yeah, because I'm trying to remember Mar-Vell. she becomes. Well, they had Marvel. That was the person from the movie. That was um. That was the, they made it the girl. Yeah, Annette Bening's character. Yeah, but like it'd be interesting if they pulled a comic book like Marvel Man. A, I guess whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's a man's world. <laughs> um, because I can't remember the origin story of Kamala and how she gets her powers. 
But I do know that she gets her name from Captain Marvel when Captain Marvel becomes Captain Marvel instead of Miss Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if that means that Carol's going to show up in the television show to do the origin or if she's not going to be known as Miss Marvel until after the movie. Mm. Like they'll just refer to her as something else. I just, I'm really excited for them to say the word embiggen, embiggen, embiggening, whatever she calls her powers. <laughs> I can't wait to that for that to be just like a common word people are saying. I saw set photos um, from it and the costume looks pretty comic book accurate. For for a costume like they have in the Marvel Universe, mm-hmm. the, the, if they can't get that one right. Like, I'm sorry. It's, it's, and also, like, she's a young girl. They need to stick with, like, that very, and she's Muslim, right? So it needs to be conservative to follow along with the way that family is in the, in the comic book. So the one thing that I've heard rumors that might be slightly different from comic book, which, again, it's okay, but also I would wish it's more comic book accurate, and we don't know for sure, is her power set. So people are speculating that, She's not going to be stretchy. Um, She's and not going to be able to embiggen? Yes, that it's going to be more of a... Uh, someone was saying they think it'd be more of Green Lantern-esque of energy projections. Oh, God, why? And the reason why is because they're saying with just the the CGI to yeah, do human skin and everything. And I and I'm like when I think about it, I go, I guess, yes-ish, but... That's not with, her power. With how, with how, though, well Thanos looked and everything, like, skin, CGI skin and stuff could be doable. But I can see why they can get away with being energy projection because then you can kind of make it look a little less real because it's energy. But, but her power set is, she literally calls it embiggening. Yes, but also we know that the ten rings were also three or ten celestial technologies. But it's but so they're... important to the to, to her as a character that that's what her power is. Uh, that's why I, I hope it's not. But that's just rumors that I've heard, and you know who knows. Yeah, we'll see what they do. I, I mean, guess. I can't wait till they release Howard the Duck too. <laughs> Did they announce Howard the Duck? No, too? no. <laughs> I was like, that was not on the sizzle reel. <laughs> What was on the sizzle reel, though, at the very end of it, besides it being a very, like, if you haven't watched the Marvel sizzle reel that they just put out that's like, we're getting back to the theater, um, with Stan Lee doing the, very touching, I'm a big baby, and I was just like, oh, it's Stan, and then they play that scene from, um, the last big movie, what the fuck, why can't I remember the name of that fucking movie, the last big Marvel movie that they did. Endgame? Yes. I don't know why I couldn't pull that out of my head. But the scene where they he finally says Avengers Assemble and shit like that. Very touching. And then I realized how much these movies mean to my life. Um, but at the very end of the sizzle reel is the four. Yeah. Fucking teasing me <laughs> some more. Like, that doesn't... Sure, we know you're gonna make it eventually, Stop. This is this is legitimizes all the rumors, though. But we we know, but like <laughs> that doesn't give a title or a time or anything. It didn't give you like even like a little half chub. Oh no! But I've had the full <laughs> chub since 
they initially did phase four a while because they've been teasing it for forever. Yeah. I just and now at this point it's just like a running joke to like yeah. keep you chubbed up. Yes. For the rest of your and life. I understand though they they have this phase that they got to get through and they already had it planned so they I am did. hyped but yeah. I also this is kind of exactly what I've been saying though this is going to be now that they got those properties they're like we got to get through this phase because then this is going to be the first to set up the next and the multiverse again I really think they're going to come at the end of it they're going to show up because there's now this multiverse and they'll be like Oh, hey, guys. Yeah, we've been exploring. Uh, oh, you guys had a snap happen in your universe? Like, we took care of that in Universe 2 or whatever. Right. Yeah. I am looking forward to Fantastic Four, Marvel's way. Oh, and then I'm just gonna, But then I'm just going to want to keep wanting. Like... Yeah. That's the thing, is, like, you think... So after they did that, the first phase, it's like, well, they can't... What, what, what could they possibly do? And not shit the bed, you know? Like, the odds of them shitting the bed are high after that. But everything that's come out since then, their plans that they have, like, they just started filming Moon Knight. Who the fuck in their right mind ever thought, ever in a million years, that there would be a Moon Knight television show? But I know you and me are both looking forward to that. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, and it's got, um... What's his name? Isaac, uh, Oscar Isaac in it. Oh, he's fucking great. It's so exciting. <laughs> I just, I can't, I, what a time to be alive. <laughs> What's, uh, so with, it was nice this weekend being nerdy with some people that I haven't been nerdy with before. Um, and I mean, actually I take that back cause it was with my D and D group was who I was doing the derby, derby, uh, uh, party with and but comics is not what we've talked about and so then when comics got brought up like my ears of course worked and you were like this is my time and and one of one of the guys was like yeah I like Thor and everything and I heard about this this uh, gore guy that's gonna be in the I'm like never in a million years did you think somebody that you knew who wasn't me <laughs> would be like gore the god killer who's god that butcher. Oh, and butcher. yeah so even you don't know yeah well but, I mean you know enough. Yeah. Anyways, I was like, do you got like an hour? Because uh, let me tell you about this. And... <laughs> Taka is saying how this is going to be the best Marvel film ever. So we got that to look forward to. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited for everything. I There was very brief scenes from the Eternals in the sizzle reel. I'm super excited for that. Like, I never thought that I would be excited for something Angelina Jolie was in again. Because it's been a while. But it's, you know, it's awesome. All of this shit is awesome. Yes. Everything is awesome. You know what's also awesome? What? 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 My Little Pony and Transformers. The Magic of Cybertron. Oh, God. You know what? I did see this. I think I actually saw... Did the comic just come out? Or was yeah. it... Yeah. And so, well, they already had the first... This is the, their team-up, the second volume. Yeah. They had a four-part uh, issue a couple months ago. That was really, really good. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, My Little Pony is not my thing. 
Uh, even though I have read a couple to review just randomly to throw it out there. Transformers sure. is my thing. Yeah. I did not think these two could mesh well. Doesn't seem like it. No, but it really, it was definitely a lot more fun, a little bit more for younger audience. But fun is pretty much the name of reading comic books. You want to have fun while reading them. Yeah, it doesn't need to be dark. Yeah, and the first series had the Transformers going to, um, oh, now I forget the name of their um, world, the where do the ponies live? Um, I don't fucking know. <laughs> Here, you vamp and I'll... <laughs> so, this one is taking place with the ponies coming to Cybertron. Okay. And already I knew, like in the first uh, series, that I was going to like this one. It starts off with having one of the ponies um, sprinkle flower... Uh, becoming friends with this goblin. Sprinkle flower? Yes. Um, and them hugging it out. And then it shows... Oh, my God. I just wanted to show you this page so much. It then shows another uh, Decepticon going, Frenzy, what What the scrap are you reading? Oh, it's a funny book from that pony world. <laughs> One of them gave us a bunch of presents in between fights. You actually like it? And so you have this, like... Heartwarming thing with this with one of the Decepticons. Equestria. Equestria, that's what it was. I knew it was an E something. Makes sense. Yes. And so at the ending of the fourth issue, when the Decepticons get kicked out of Equestria, um, Shockwave says how he thinks he can hone in on the magic and steal it from there. So that's what happens in this book. And just like the other uh, issues had sometimes two stories... And it, this has two stories as well. But it's obviously setting up, you know, now the ponies coming to Cybertron. Oh, that's going to be a, a real weird for them. Yeah, and like I said, it's it's, it's more campy than blasting, you know, and in, in everything that Transformers would be more about. I mean, there is bad guy uh, ponies. Sombra, who's an evil... Like pony. you, yeah, Hellfire, yeah, pony. Um, I mean, because it goes off in the beginning too. It says you know the main six and you know and some of the other ones and some of the high flyers and you know it explains who all the main characters are in this book. Pick it up; it's definitely good. Who would have thought these two could mix well? And this is going to be paired with a skip and go naked. Oh, that's a weird thing to pair with a children's book. I know, but also, <laughs> I guess the phrasing, yes. But I thought of it just as, what is the weirdest mixture of a drink that I've had? And Skip and Go Naked's where you take I'm scared. all these, have you had one before? No, but you said a weird combination of things, so okay. now I'm expecting there to be like Oh my a... god, this is like the most boozy of all things oh god so take a uh can of concentrate lemonade okay put it in a jar sure take six cans of beer oh my god and dump it in the thing take a full a fifth of vodka and dump it in and mix it up huh that's a lot it is a lot of booze it's it's a weird mixture of booze it is just a boozy drink straight up yeah. But it tastes great. 
somehow that concentrate really cuts down on the alcohol flavoring sure. and the beer. It, it You would never think this would taste good. So the lemonade good. and the beers would go... I mean, they, it sounds like yeah. a shandy, right? Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, the lemonade and the vodka are like a match made in fucking heaven. Mm-hmm. But all three of those things... It's like when you show up to a threesome and, like, one of them's like, oh, I don't know about this anymore. <laughs> but then it turns out okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's why they call it skip and go naked, though, because you start having a few and you start skipping all yeah. smiley and then by the end of the night you're, you're naked. naked. Well. I had quite a few of those in college. And oh, so. that's a mental image I didn't want. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just go back to ponies then. Ponies and Transformers. Ponies, both of those things are technically always naked and ponies probably are always skipping. So I guess that makes sense. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, that's the reason why yeah, I picked it. It's not perverted at all. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't until you said that. <laughs> well, what the fuck did you expect out of me? I mean, honestly, how long have we been doing this together? <laughs> uh, four, over 450 times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's all I got this week. I don't got nothing else. All right, well, that, with that, stay thirsty for more concoctions. Concoctions. Heavy on the cock. Maybe for you. (laughs) I mean, no. (laughs) 